I'm playing this game called Titan Attacks. Do you know anything about it? Uh, I think I've seen images, and I haven't seen the actual gameplay. What's it like? It is a Space Invader-influenced type of game, like mm-hmm. a kind of like a clone-ish type. Right. But, you know, they, they changed the graphics a little bit. I played it on PS4, but I think it's on some other platforms, too. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a mobile game that you would get on your iPad. Mm-hmm. I think it could... It, it's actually a game... I think it's called, like, Velociraptor or something like that. Raptor. Okay. On iPad. It's very similar. But so Titan Attacks is... Um, basically, it's just like Space Invaders. You're just going left and right and shooting up. The enemies come down. You get an occasional, like, power-up that will come down from the ships. And, you know, the uh, UFO that goes across the screen on the very top. Um, I don't know. I felt like... It got pretty easy. Uh, like, the the difficulty level never really ramped up that mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And I was going for... I got to a point where I played through over 100 levels of this game. And I just couldn't die. I just kept building up level, uh, car- um, lives. And then I finally figured, um, well, let me see if I can go for, like, the higher record score, you know? Like, see how far you can go mm-hmm. and top the roll over the numbers. So I played, like, another 100 levels, I think. 100 levels? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or, like, 170 or something. Uh-huh. And then, I was, and then I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I should... I'll stream it. Maybe people want to see this, because it seemed like a pretty good number. I don't know. So I streamed it, but no one joined on. You know, I was on for maybe 10 minutes. And then I just thought to myself... This is crazy. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this game caused the uh, like you it know. It was a very re- emotional time. Reflection yeah. and <laughs> your direction in in life and where things are heading. <laughs> yeah. It's great. So I just shut everything down at that point. Man, I made sure I I, I killed off all my lives. So uh-huh. the score got recorded. I think I'm like in 60th place in the, in the whole world for the oh, game. Nice. So it's like, there's like waves and stuff? It's that, waves. It's super repetitive. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, are the and, patterns like changed or do the enemies change? Um, not so much. No. Hmm. No. There's a boss fight after I think every 20 stages you fight a boss. And then after, after a hundred stages, it just repeats over again from the start, but it doesn't really get harder. It's still the same game. What they did add in are bonus stages, kind of love Galaga, uh-huh. where I think it's every Five or every ten stages, you have to, like, shoot the sh- ships that keep coming out, and then you get, like, bonus points. So, the only thing that changes is after the first hundred levels, those bonus stages, the second time around, are a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. So, it's harder to get those extra points. Mm, what makes you compare this to, like, a, a mobile game? Like, why do you feel it's... The graphics are very simple. Uh-huh. They're chunky sprites, um, like, pixel sprites. Okay. So, maybe it's just going for a retro look. Yeah, super retro. Uh-huh. And it's like no frills, like the effects are pretty plain. It's I mean, it's not a bad game. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not you know, just because it's on PS4, I don't think that. Yeah, your concern is just that it's not that it's not it's pretty easy. It's not that hard. Yeah, that was just my yeah, I mean, I I was drawn in because of the look of it. I like the look of it. Yeah. But it was just not, yeah, it was way too easy. Hmm. Um, but that's other than that, I haven't really played much. Um, I, I, I dove into, um, what's the other one? Rogue Legacy mm-hmm. again. So mm-hmm. I've been putting more time into that. But otherwise, no, I haven't played anything. How about you? Um, yeah, I went back and decided to play uh, a game that I had played way back when, but never really finished. So let me see if I can, um, you know, give it another another try and see how it is. I, I played um, Robocop versus Terminator for Genesis. Nice. 
Yeah, specifically the Genesis version. One of my favorites. <laughs> well, the Genesis version is the one to play. You think so? Yeah. yeah I know there are some differences between that and the Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo one. Is awful, <laughs> awful, horrible junk. I, I it noticed, has a cool case, though. It has a cool case. Yeah, I mean, I noticed the um, the the <laughs> actual character. Uh, so, I mean, it's RoboCop versus Terminator. You play RoboCop, mm-hmm. and you're trying to stop, like, Skynet. So you're fighting, like, waves of Terminators and stuff. Yeah. So I noticed that your, your RoboCop uh, artwork looks a lot better on the Genesis mm-hmm. version than the Super Nintendo yep. one. Mm-hmm. It looks really weird on the Super I Nintendo. I think different... I think Ocean made... I could be wrong. Ocean made the Super Nintendo one, maybe? Mm-hmm. And then... Virgin made the right. Genesis one. Yeah, am I right on that? Or Virgin did do this. Yeah, one. I don't know if Virgin was responsible for both versions, but mm-hmm. Virgin responsible for the versions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I played that game through. How did you feel about? Did you completion. feel it was too much excessive violence and gore? Uh, well, most of the time we're I'm, I'm killing robots, so it really is not much of. Uh, well, when the first level, when you're fighting the the soldiers or whatever those were, they uh-huh. explode and like right. the dust explodes. That's right. It's just a big. It is pretty bloody on the big red. Uh, like when you shoot blob. the windows, there's just like the curtains are all like bloody red. I d- I'm shooting them on purpose to make sure I get them all. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Well, I mean, they're clearly. I'm RoboCop. I'm trying to uphold law and order, and these guys are clearly criminals. So, <laughs> what was your favorite weapon? Fully justified. Um, yeah, the, the weapons are pretty interesting in this. I, I, you know, the weapon system in this game is is interesting, right? Because you can only carry two weapons, mm-hmm. and whenever you get defeated you lose the weapon that you currently have equipped. So you can switch between the two weapons, but you lose whatever weapon you're currently, like, have out as your active weapon. So if you want to hold on to a certain weapon, you have to almost, like, switch away to the other one first <laughs> before you yeah. before you die, if you're about to die. It's um, a little like Contra, like that. But I think um, my favorite weapon combination was keeping, uh, like, that flamethrower that has, like, really? a very wide okay. sort of um, firing rate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, like very, you know, cause it's, it's, it, it also acts as a shield because it can block incoming enemy fire. So it's pretty useful just to be able to like spray it out and, and you can like, you're shielding yourself and also you're hitting a very wide range of targets. Um, but then also that plasma rifle was awesome. The one that shoots that short white beam and it mm. takes out those terminators in like one shot. Wow. So if you're fighting terminators, you want to use that weapon. Okay. You know, so I'm all like alternating between them because um, I'll use the flamethrower when I want to hit like because there's a lot of like turrets and stuff that drop out of the ceiling yeah. and things like that. So I'm using those typically because it's got a because I could fire like a 45 degree angle almost with mm-hmm. the flamethrower. So that works really well in those cases. Um, but actually, the first thing that struck me about this game was the music. <laughs> so what you think? Well, you know, it's got a very typical Genesis sounding soundtrack, which mm. which I like. Um, you know, instead of like this really dark and grim sort of soundtrack like you would expect from something involving Terminator and even RoboCop, you know, um, half the time you have this like techno beat going, <laughs> right? And even mm-hmm. and even the opening song, you have this like sexy voiced girl like singing along to the song. I mean, she just says like Terminator. She's Terminator. Yeah. She says Terminator a lot, but in like a very kind of like suggestive way. And, um, but you're playing as RoboCop, you know what I mean? And she's mm-hmm. like, she's kind of rooting for the Terminator, it sounds like. So I don't know what's, uh, what's up with that. I, that's a good question. Was that music, was some of that music taken from the Terminator for 
Sega CD? Because um, I think Tommy Tallarico did that. But. Well, I think Tommy Tallarico was listed as the music director for this movie, for this uh, game. Okay. Um, I think uh, someone else was credited with the actual music. Hmm. But maybe he was like more of a supervisor for this one. There were some good tunes in there, though. I really liked the end theme. Actually, good. yeah, like the end music when you get when you get the credits, it's it's pretty solid. Really enjoyed that. Um, you know, there was a sound test in the game, so you could go in and yeah, just play. That's what's so great the about theme. those games back then. <laughs> yeah, even the sound effects you hear like the screams. Ah. <laughs> right. My favorite is when the first. I think it's the first level when the Ed two hundred nine is that what he is? Uh huh. He comes out and he's like grumbling. I love that grumble stunt. Yeah, well, he keeps growling, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's from the movie though. When like awesome. whenever he's like kind of locks onto his yeah. target, he gets he gets that sound. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the bosses overall were kind of cheap in this game, though. They're really aggressive, and if you make any physical contact with the boss, you you lose all your health immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could barely. I mean, if you hit, if you can somehow glance against them, you'll lose like a little bit, but. I don't remember too many of the bosses. I remember one is like this big bald guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. And when you kill him, he kind of just blows up into like pieces. <laughs> there's some. There's some pretty I interesting the ter- ones. You do fight the Terminator, um, and then the ED two hundred nine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I some of them sure are you know are tur- like ones that like a Terminator, like manning like a, a turret, like a gun oh, turret. Okay. Um, and then even the end boss is just like a giant Terminator skull. You know, oh, okay. and that was yeah. really, really, really. I took a lot of hits. I, I had to, you know, I lost maybe about ten lives fighting the you last. You didn't use that. Uh, those stupid. Um, it looked like he's shooting like tin cans, like dunk, dunk, dunk. Ah, yeah. You just control it, and like you, you walk the same speed as right. these things. Those like, are like, like they're like grenades or something. Like remote control grenades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's too difficult because you had to you had to jump and move to control them. Yeah. So that might not be like the best place for you to to move in to get them to the target you want. Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is, you 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 also don't want to like totally listen to the, the arrows like the little flashing arrows to tell you which way to which way to move and when to proceed to the mm-hmm. next screen because there's a lot of hidden stuff off to the side there is yep so you definitely want to try to explore as much as possible too um so i found a lot of like interesting little hidden areas that i might have skipped past completely if um if i just listened to the game telling me when to move isn't there a stage where it's like acid and you're going like there's all like because a lot of the boards look the same. They're kind of like metal girders, mm-hmm. and you kind of grab on like a grappling hook and yeah. kind of like swing across. Right. And there's like pools of acid below you. And yeah, stuff. yeah, and they like it shoots like fireballs up. You have to fireballs, turn. right? And I'm I don't know if am I thinking of like rats or something? Are there rats you have to shoot? Um, like you have to point down and shoot with the gun, or is that not the same? There, game? I, the only thing I can think of on the floor, there were like mines, sort of in certain oh, places. Oh, maybe I, I haven't so. played that game in a long time. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I definitely use the environment to my advantage wherever I could. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you would enter an area, and you would see the enemies on another side of a wall. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't you couldn't go there directly. But if you were using the right weapon, it would extend past the wall if you stood right. up against it, yeah. and you could just you know you shoot through the wall basically to clear them out before you actually run into that area. You have to do it because everything is like it's a very fast game, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed like power ups, like any power ups that drop, new weapons or life, you know, um, like health power ups or anything like that. Yeah. You have to grab them immediately because they fade. They start fading as soon as they drop. Like they'll start blinking and like they're gone in like a two seconds or less. Mm. 
So you have to like jump on it immediately if you want any of those. Um, also, the, the other thing that struck me with, that was kind of funny was the um, the hostages. Yeah. Like, like there are certain stages where like there's hostages tied up. Yes. And if you know you can rescue them, you, if you run over to them, <laughs> but it's just really funny the way they cheer when you rescue them. They like stand up and like do yeah, like that, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> that's become it's almost become like a bit of a video game trope. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, over the years, you've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. But overall, pretty um, you know, pretty enjoyable what game. Started game. that was a commando. Uh, original commando started I, that that's pretty early on or shinobi that was Maybe. a little bit later i don't remember maybe uh, but generally the the only thing that i kind of didn't like about the game yeah um i didn't like that it was kind of difficult to shoot diagonally like unless you're unless you move forward you can't really shoot diagonally you can't like if you move the d-pad up in a diagonal way you're moving forward as you're shooting mm-hmm. so sometimes that brings you directly into the line of fire and you can't really like, you might want to hit something that's diagonally in front of you, but you can't do it without moving forward at the same time. And that's a bit tricky sometimes. So you just have to hope you have the right weapon that might help you I agree. You out with yeah, that. I remember that being an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you have to shoot something, like, right near you or above you or something. It's yeah. A little tricky. Yeah. But I'm glad I finally got to finish this game. It's a good game. game. Yeah. It's a good one. So I'll uh, burrow further into my pile of unplayed games. Well, I want to correct myself because uh, Virgin actually was responsible for the Super Nintendo oh, version. Oh, they did it also? Yeah, they okay. did. And if I remember correctly, Tommy Tellerico worked for Virgin or was a musician for a lot of their games. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of the games have pretty good music, like Cool Spot and Global Gladiators. And, uh-huh. uh, a lot of their stuff's actually, in addition to the, their games generally being pretty good, the music, their attention to music was good. Our, uh, the air is rushing in. Our uh, our shuttle is taking off at the moment. <laughs> but all right, we'll, we'll continue though. <laughs> so anything else on Robocop versus Terminator? Um, no, I'm, it's, that's about it for me. So I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about some stuff that we might have picked up this week. Yeah, I picked. Up, did you pick up anything? I picked up a few things. Not much, but well, yeah. I mean, since we're still in the midst of holiday shopping. Um, there were some more deals to take advantage of. Um, uh, in particular, Best Buy was having another buy two get one oh free sale. That sounds like trouble. <laughs> it is trouble because I don't know. I've done it again. It did a lot of damage this year. I uh, I once again bought games for a system I don't own. <laughs> well, only you. Only you can do that. Buys games for a console you do not own. Yeah. Well, how is that possible? I. Uh, I've I've been on the lookout for um, for Xbox. and you're not a reseller. That's the part you should say. Not, right, right. No, no, you're I'm not, a total I'm not, collector. I'm not. I'm not doing this to, you know, for for any other side benefit. This is more just because, you know, I I feel like I might be getting an Xbox One soon, and um, I wanted to to you know get a couple of games while these sales were happening. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I picked up uh, Sunset Overdrive. I picked up Forza Horizon 2, or Forza, if you're uh, one of those people. And uh, I also picked up Dead Rising 3, Apocalypse Edition, Mm. uh, which is the most recent version of the game that includes all of the previously released DLC. Um, Now, Dead Rising 3 is on PC, and Mm. you might think that might be my preferred platform to get that game on. Um... But apparently that game is a bit buggy on PC. Really? Yeah, there's some problems with it. 
Um, there's a lot of um, angst in the PC community because uh, Capcom chose to cap the game artificially at 30 frames per second on the PC. Oh, wow. For what they claim performance reasons. Hmm. Um, but, you know, if you have a capable machine, you might be able to do well pushing it further. And I think there might be either a patch or a hack or something to to actually remove that cap. Um, but overall, you know, I guess... Um, there's uh, there was another reason why I wanted to stick with the Xbox version was there was another piece of exclusive DLC that was released for that game that was only going to be on Xbox, um, and that was the Super Ultra Dead Rising Three oh, Ar- right, right. Arcade Remix Hyper Edition EX Plus uh, Alpha. <laughs> did, they, did that come out yet? <laughs> that came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's out. So you know, it just that just gives you the opportunity to you know it's like a whole set of missions and stuff, and it also gives you a bunch of um, you know, Capcom related costumes that your character can wear and, mm-hmm. you know, have different abilities and things like that. So that looks pretty that cool. should be fun. I do want to check that out eventually. Maybe one day you'll be an owner of an Xbox One. I hope so. We'll see. I am gunning to get the Sunset Overdrive bundle, either new or used. Forget it, you ain't getting that. So that's why I picked up the game. If I pick it up used, it may not come with the game because the bundle comes with a code to redeem the game mm. and that gets added to the owner's uh, Xbox Live ID. Okay. So even if they sell the console with the game on it, the game is kind of, you know, paired up with their ID. So yeah. obviously the console won't come with the game. And if it, and if it does, then I can always just, you know, find some other uh, use for the game. Either as a trade option or something else. Well, it sounds like you figured this all out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Did you pick up anything else? Um, there might have been one or two things, but that was the <laughs> that was the that was the that was the major pickup. Okay. Nothing. Nothing else of mm. note. Um, uh, now you make my pickups look like nothing. I I picked up Borderlands One. <laughs> it was the Game of the Year edition. You, you needed it. Uh, I hate to say it. I'm like I'm gonna be a hypocrite for saying it, but I actually shopped at GameStop. <laughs> And I know I, I, I go on record saying I will never buy anything from GameStop, but uh-huh. they sent me a coupon, and then you have, like, a discount thing there. I have the membership card, yeah. Membership. So I got it super cheap, Borderlands 1. It was, like, I think it was, like, 7 bucks or something, 5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was in pretty good condition. The case was practically brand new. So I always wanted Borderlands 1, never played it. And this one has all the content, you know, the season pass and everything. Yeah. And then I also picked up... Um, and I recommend this for a lot of people who are into the music games, like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. I picked up one of the track packs for, um, it was Rock Band. And, uh, it's one of them I'm missing, uh, because you can't buy a lot of these songs anymore. They're removing them from the online store. Mm-hmm. So if you do one day, day down the line, you know, I'm not currently actively playing Guitar Hero or anything like that, or Rock Band, but... I know one day I'm going to want to revisit it, and I'm going to want those songs to be there. So if you can't download them, you got to buy these discs right. and, and, and use those. It's not a bad option at all. Yeah. And get them while they're cheap, too, because there was only like a dollar or two. Like yeah. Two bucks. All, like, all these stores are way overstocked on, on those yeah, games, so they're they're, they're they're cheap right now. They're cheap. That's cool. But that was my big pickups, under 10 bucks. Oh, I think we've landed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Not bad. Keeping it cheap. It's not, that's always uh, good. It's a tough time of year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff to buy. <laughs> a lot of people to buy presents for. Yeah. Well, 
uh, as as I understand that there is always um, you know there's always like deals up until the last minute. You never know when okay, you might well, find we something good. We have a good. few days to go. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what do we want to get into next? You think? Uh, well, let's talk about some quick news. Okay. There wasn't a whole lot of news this week, especially compared to last week. Right. But um, there was some Sega news, which is nice. Nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, so there's a new hire, a media executive, is thinking about adapting some games to some type of TV or a media format. Maybe a cartoon. Yeah, apparently Sega wants to use some of their legacy titles to uh, expand into other forms of entertainment. So, yeah, there's talk of them maybe making some kind of... Uh, TV show or film or some kind of web series or something. So does this mean we're going to have Echo the Dolphin movie or something? <laughs> I, I didn't like, see that one mentioned. It'd be like, was that Willie movie? Like, uh... Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, they actually have quite a few titles that they've mentioned already, and some of them go way back. Um, the first one... Please ones... say Teddy Boy is on there. Is that, is that one of them? Uh, sadly, no. You're oh. going to be disappointed. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I see Streets of Rage on the list. I see Shinobi, uh, Crazy Taxi, and Altered Beast. Ooh, Altered Beast. Yeah. That, remember that, that show on, on NBC, Manimal? <laughs> maybe they'll, maybe they'll bring that back. I can just see it back. now. Be Manimal, but with uh-huh. Altered Beast. Wow. That goes way back. <laughs> yeah, who knows what some of these might end up looking like. I, um, you know... This usually is not a good result when something like this happens. But, you know, some of this could be animated. It could be live action. It could be anything. Um, so I guess they're going to try to figure out what that, what the best way to go with those are. I, I, and it looks like Virtua Fighter and Golden Axe were also part of the options, but not that they've actually decided to go ahead with those. Oh, and also uh, Rise of My- Nightmares was on the list, too. Oh. Which was a yeah, a pretty recent game on Xbox 360. I think Connect, it was a think it was, was a Kinect yeah. title. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a survival horror Kinect game. So not well received, I believe. Mm. But I never played it. Yeah, me neither. Interesting though. Any any uh, mm. favorites that you can think of though that you would want to see as added to to this? Well, no, I don't. I'd have to really dig into my Sega library to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Sonic. But they already had a cartoon for Sonic, so yeah. it's kind of played out. Isn't that current, even? Uh, might be. They yeah. still make toys for it, yeah. so there might be something. Um, maybe for Sonic Boom. That's what I'm new thinking. Cartoon. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Streets of Rage, that to me would be... has possibilities, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Shinobi, maybe. I don't know. Like, would that really be relevant for today? It seems kind of, like, outdated, those, type, those <laughs> themes. <laughs> like, tough cops, like, walking the street. Like, I don't know if that's really... Fighting ninjas. ...material for a show. Yeah, fighting ninjas. <laughs> Like, what I'd like to see is for them to bring back the Saturday Supercade and just do, like, an hour of, like, 15-minute cartoon shorts Mm -hmm. starring, you know, like, each Sega franchise. Right. Like, what would Space Harry be? Would it be, like, a half hour of the guy just running? I can't imagine. And constantly runs. Yeah. I I don't know. How do you build a story out of this that's interesting and... I don't know, but there's some modern ones. I mean, it's Panzer Dragoon. There's so many... Sega owns so many properties. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it seems like they're sitting on a lot of them, but I think the only thing that they've put out that are classics are those those 3DS Sector titles. Man. Well, that too? Sure. Why not? Could be relevant. Vector Man? Mm-hmm. 
how about Green Dog, the surfer? Or was he based on? Was he a property? Like, is that a licensed character, Green Dog? I I I don't know what the origin is. <laughs> that maybe that'll be one of the episodes, the origin story. What about the Elvis character from Alien Storm? <laughs> Spinoffs. He needs to get his own show. Yeah. All right. So, good luck for Sega. Yeah. Well, we'll hopefully, see. hopefully I, 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 there's, there's some quality that can Sammy be Sammy Sega, there. Or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I guess the next thing was uh, a bit of uh, Amiibo news. Um, I love that Amiibo news. Yeah. Right. Um, so. You know, we did say that before that that Nintendo was willing to allow third parties to use Amiibo yeah, tech. Yeah, we said that. So, uh, apparently Bandai Namco is going to be the first one to do it. Um, there's uh, a new 3DS game coming out f- called One Piece Super Grand Battle X. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's 10. I don't know, but I'm going to say X. <laughs> Um, so, basically, you know, you're, you're going to need the, the new 3DS with the built-in... NFC Amiibo oh, sensor man. in it. I just bought a 3DS. I have to buy another one. <laughs> well, or you can have that adapter that they that they are going to sell separately. Really? Yeah, there's going to oh, be an okay. adapter to let that. you use it with the uh, with the existing oh. 3DS titles. Um, so if you've got oh, like Amiibos, the portal thing, yeah, 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 yeah okay. exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, among other things, you're going to be able to use Mario, Luigi costumes, or um, you know Fox McCloud costumes, or or Link costumes in the game. So your One Piece character will be able to change costumes? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, and I guess, well, certain characters are going to have certain costumes. So um, That's a cool idea. I'd like to see other companies yeah. take advantage of that. Sure. Yeah, why not? Oh, now, I, they probably can't implement that into games that are already released, right? If they do an update, that's what mm, they did for... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for Mario Kart, they, they did that. For mm. Mario Kart 8. They, they I, I'd like to see, like, FIFA soccer, and then you can have, like, the soccer players wearing, mm-hmm. like, Mario outfits or something. Uh, could happen. That would require EA making games for the Wii U, though. Oh. <laughs> so, that... <laughs> That's a whole other issue. That that may be less likely, but, uh, you know, maybe Mario Strikers or something. I don't know. Could be. Could okay. happen. Um... So, yeah, apparently uh, Amiibos seem to be doing well in sales. Um, I believe that. It makes sense. It seems that um, they've sold about 700,000 going by... 700,000. The numbers out there. Yeah. At, at 10 or 12 bucks a pop, that's a pretty decent number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, apparently... It's a lot of plastic. They're saying that they're selling one for one along with uh, Smash. So, okay. um yeah. But to be fair, that Toys R Us offered a free Amiibo for every Smash Brother games you bought. Is that right? They did it for at least a week. I don't hmm. know if they did it like any other time. Uh huh. But yeah, not bad. So that still counts as a sale. You know, they just zeroed it out when they for Toys R Us's sake. But mm-hmm. you know, that it could definitely added to the number. They're just uh, you know growing the pool and um, gives them reason to add it to more games. I guess. Mm-hmm. That's good. good yeah, I just want to wonder, because, I mean, of course, this time of year, those things are going to sell. Those are, like, easy stocking stuffers. Right. But what about, like, season uh, Series 2 and Season Series 3 that comes out next year? Mm-hmm. Is that momentum still going to be there, that people are going to want to buy these things? Yeah, it all depends on timing, if they can... I mean, they- when do you have to say to yourself, I just spent, you know, $300 on all these toys? Mm-hmm. Is that too much? 
Yeah, maybe some people will say, you know, I'm willing to buy five or six and that's about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it depends on if the right character comes out. If if it's if the particular sculpt is appealing in some way or if it's just the character that they've been waiting for, then then maybe there'll be some, you know, incentive to, to pick more up. Um, I still haven't seen one that I would really want. So, really? Yeah. You didn't want a Marth? <laughs> Uh, I don't think I would have a choice, even if I did want one, because they're pretty scarce. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I got mine. It's good. It's good. You're in a position to do that. It's funny because uh, I, I was bragging about it that I, because someone asked a question on one of the forums, you know, who bought Marth, and I, I did. I said I found one, and and then I said, "Who's Marth? I don't even know who Marth is." <laughs> and I think they just like made everyone even more angry. It's like it's bad enough. Like I'm not even a fan, and like I don't even know the name. Like I have no idea what character that's mm. from. Wow. But you are a bit of a toy uh, I do, aficionado. I know, yeah, so. I am. Well, I bought that, you know, those Zelda figures and stuff, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's your, it's your, um, it's your, like, sense for a potentially rare figure. Yeah. That, you know, that, yeah, that, I, that I got you to buy that. The, the, the day those figures were released, I went hounding and looking, and I'm like, all right, which one's going to be the rare one? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. It's cool, yeah, I bought a couple of them, yeah. I'm waiting for the Pac-Man one, though, that's when I... That's yeah, if they announce special it. Special one. If they ever... They must. They must. You think that's going to be the next Wave 4, probably? Yeah, I think that's going to be, like, the, the figure for Wave 4. Because they have Mega Man for Wave 3. Yeah. So. They've announced Mega Man and Sonic, so... And the Wind Waker guy. Um, you know, like, the Baby Link, whatever they call him. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Is he called Link? I'm not even sure. Yeah, why not? He is? Okay. I think so. <laughs> Well, um, I guess we can talk a little bit more okay. about sales and stuff. Last time we mentioned that, you know, there were some early reports of how console sales went. Mm-hmm. Um, so the November MPD numbers have come out. and How grim is it? Tell me the bad news. Well, you want the bad news is first, it, the good in, news? Are we in for a market crash? Uh, is video games over and done? Are people too busy seem like doing it. other things now? Even though, even though um, overall hardware and software sales combined seem to be down... Uh, it's still pretty positive numbers for the individual systems if you look at them on a, on a you know, isolated basis, yeah. which is kind of strange. But um, Xbox One did have their first number one month. <laughs> Beating out everybody. Beating out everyone. They sold 1.2 million consoles for November, which is pretty good. Um, you know, it gives them a, a nice boost. Um, I mean, PlayStation is still ahead, but, you know... They also sold about seven fifty to eight hundred thousand. So um, they, you know, did at least uh, what is it? I guess I guess fifty percent more. That's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a nice little jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean for America anyway. I don't know about overseas. Right. Well, that's the whole different story. In the U.S., uh, PlayStation was ahead by a good million. So this mm-hmm. gives them a nice boost to, to catching up. Um, sadly though, the Wii U apparently has only sold maybe between 200 and 220,000 units. That's it? Um, this is, this is the numbers that have With come s- in. But Smash was going to save it. Um. I, I've read on. Well, Smash by itself, websites. like, you know, did pretty well. They did about 700,000 total. Um, but I guess that didn't translate into a one for one, you know, push of selling more consoles. Mm-hmm. And even if you assume that that everybody who bought one of those two hundred thousand consoles also bought Smash, um, you know that still leaves five hundred thousand out there 
probably picked up by existing owners. Yeah. So that's um, well. It was kind of like what we projected. We we figured whoever wanted it, you know, was going to buy it. It wasn't going to attract any new customers. Right. You know? Right. I mean, at this point, the Wii U is two years old. Yeah. You probably are either already in or out, mm-hmm. or you're just waiting for a price drop. You know, yeah. more more likely. Um, so because there weren't any real price incentives, I think most people are just going to continue to wait. And if anything, Mario Kart was really like the universally like popular game. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to move consoles, it's going to be that Zelda or Mario. Right. Smash is kind of not really, I don't, I don't think it's, it's as universal of a game like of all audiences than some of the other ones. If there was a new Zelda game, that might've been a different story. Mm -hmm. I, I do think that has more power to, to move systems we'll see next christmas <laughs> that's true if we're lucky that's true if you believe the hype and think that it will come out next year i don't but <laughs> if that's what they say uh-huh. i will take their word for it okay you know call of duty was also mentioned they've, they've noted that you know it's uh even though it was the number one game and mm-hmm. sold 4.1 million copies that's apparently down by you know it's crazy. Uh, you know, the original, the, I guess the last version, Call of Duty Ghosts, sold $6 million. So And Ghost was really not a considered a good game. Right, yeah. It got, it got critically beat up a bit. So I wonder if that's affecting people's decisions this year. It could be. Or, I mean, like you said, it's still the number one selling game. So is it just, there's just so many good games. Or, like, the market just has so much stuff right now. Right. That you can't buy every game, you know? Yeah. Because if you look at, like, what the top ten games were, they're, like, huge games. Like, Far Cry 4, Halo, the Master Chief Collection. I mean, that alone is, like... Like, that's a franchise game. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And you have Smash Brothers, uh, Pokemon Alpha. I mean, so you have, like, every console covered on there, you know, from 3DS to right. PS4. Yeah, sure. Grand Theft Auto Five, even though that's just kind of like a remaster of last year's game, or, or still early. number two, right? Yeah. So this... these are big names. These are names that a lot of gamers are familiar with, yeah. and they gravitate towards. So naturally, you know, Pokemon's always going to do well. Pokemon did pretty good business for Nintendo. It seems they did. They sold 1.5 million Pokemon games since it came out last month. Mm-hmm. So you no, know that, that's. Yeah, that's for 3DS, right? That's for 3DS, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, two different games. Usually they split them. They have uh, Omega Red, uh, Omega Ruby, and uh, Alpha Sapphire. Ooh. Yeah. So you get your choice. Um, and, they, they, you know, they're, they're including digital as well. Because I know a lot of uh, people seem to go the digital route on those games now. Hmm. Yeah, so it's not Weird all choice. bad news for Nintendo. They are doing pretty decent business. You said it was bad news. <laughs> Well, did you see how happy they were in the in the video uh-huh. that they did? Yeah, sure. It's yeah. good. They got Toad Toad Hidden, whatever that's called. I am waiting to play that. The treasure thing, yeah. I am waiting to play that. It's cute. I'm waiting for a good sale on that game. Even though it's only a $40 game. Yeah, it's supposed to be a short game, though. I do want to see it's a like deal. It's like an hour or two game, I think. Mm-hmm. Really? That's what I heard. I don't know. I didn't play it. But no. some review sites have mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's on my list. Okay. <laughs> Keep looking for your best buy sales. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It might, it might dry up after the holiday season is done. We'll see. Uh, but since it is holiday time coming up, it is holiday time. <laughs> best time of the year for um, some people. Yeah, well, some people may want to visit. All. Some people hate this time of the year. Right. Well, but it is a nice time to visit. It's a great time, and a lot of people do visit New York this time of year. So right. I felt like it was my obligation. 
as Brooklynites <laughs> <laughs> that we should help our fellow listeners uh-huh. who might be visiting us of some things to do, like video game related things to do while they're here. Mm-hmm. And that's why I gave the mission to you <laughs> to research it. <laughs> I like how I come up with the ideas and then I give it to you to do. Well, so I do a little uh, research and come I up. I had with some it. ideas for this. Okay, maybe you have some of your own. I don't know, but um, these are some of the more obvious places that you should maybe stop in uh, while visiting New York City if you're a gamer and you want to see gaming related, you know, places and things. Um, so I think. Uh, I guess we'll start with some of the shops that are in the city. Uh-huh. And uh, one pretty well-known one is Video Games New York. Yes, in the East Village. That's, um, that's pretty... Even to some people outside of New York, they might know that place. Yeah, I mean... Because they do show up in, like, PAX East and other, like, game conventions. They have tables at a lot of conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the big ones. And definitely a lot of the ones uh, in, in, in the area. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, this this place has got a great variety of, of you know, a lot of different things. Uh, it's a really small store. Oh, Super small. It's, it's, but, like a, it's probably a closet to some of you people. But it's jam-packed with stuff. Yeah. Definitely they every have, generation. So everything's under glass, first of all. There's nothing, like, tangible right. that you can touch. Right. So, and everything's almost like... Uh, stack like books in the shelves you can you know you can see the covers but they cram everything in like every nook and cranny is mm-hmm. packed packed with like a foot doesn't like no if you have a, if you're in a wheelchair good luck because you're not getting in there well you might need some assistance <laughs> I don't even think you I can't even fit in through one I mean, there's that one aisle at the end that where they have all the like um, in television games and Coleco mm-hmm. you can't even I can't fit back there yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, without like. I mean, maybe that looks like a storage space to me. I don't uh, even know if it's an aisle. That's where all the vintage games. are. Well, you might need some help from the store it's staff. Like boxes stacked on the floor. It's it's, it's an experience. There's definitely uh, an area of the of the store too that's like a bit of a museum where like they're showing showcasing really? a lot of interesting items. Yeah, they have like interesting consoles and stuff. Stuff that's not for sale. Oh, it's not. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's. Um, I mean, now their pricing is 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 mixed. I feel. I know. I, I know some people might think that you know they might be a little overpriced for certain things, but you know there are things that are just not that common. So if you're if you really want something, they'll they might have it. Yeah. But but you know the price might not be so competitive. It's. Uh, but it is mixed. I mean, certain things mixed. I find a good deal on there too. Mm-hmm. So it really depends what you're looking for. Yeah, you got to remember it's New York City, so everything's priced up a little bit higher than like average retail. Mm-hmm. And then like. Some things are like collectible things tend to be eBay priced or somewhat yeah. similar. Some things are lower, some are more. So it really, like you right. said, they do specialize in like arcade parts too. Uh, they seems. have, yeah, they're they're very big with joysticks and. Mm-hmm. So if you're into customizing, they have a whole wall of like Sanwa buttons and Samitsu and all these things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to buy any replacement parts for your fighting stick or anything like that, that seems like a decent place to go and browse. Mm-hmm. Um, so also in the neighborhood and not too far is, um, 8-Bit and Up video yeah, games. Yeah, you can walk there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Video no, Games they, New York was on East 6th Street. Yeah, it's they moved, right? 202 East 6th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 8-Bit and Up now is on East 3rd, 86 East 3rd Street. Um, <clears throat> they've got, um, I think, I think in general they're a little more, maybe a little more retro themed. Than, uh, yeah, definitely than more of than video games on like Nintendo, Atari. Mm-hmm. A bit more on used and traded in items. Yeah, yeah, it's more like a lot of common stuff. Occasionally you'll find, mm-hmm. um, you know, you might find like a rare game or so, but 
that's usually picked through already. Yeah, but uh, definitely worth a look. Mm-hmm. It's not too far, so might as well get them both out of the way in yeah, one shot. Yeah, definitely. Uh huh. I would say that's the both worth visiting. Yep. Um, and then not that far away, I'll add in. Even if you're uh, if you're into toys at all, there's a place called Toy Tokyo, mm-hmm. and that's on um, I think it's on Seventh Street, East Seventh, uh-huh. and uh, I believe it's Second Avenue. Uh, they relocated too, but I think they're only like within a block away. But um, they have a shop of like all import um, like toys and and stuff like that. And occasionally they do have some video game like import stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I picked up a lot of my blind box video game toy stuff like mario pixel toys and everything cool from them so it's definitely worth popping in because their stuff changes all the time Mm-hmm. very nice yep um and uh, also actually right right in that same area is mm-hmm. um one of the arcades that oh yeah that's right we're um gonna include on our list uh-huh um so barcade is uh that's new is has opened up a new location on st mark's place in the city mm-hmm um, as well as, you know, the existing location in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg. Um, but they also had a, a, a Midtown location on West 24th. So there's actually three barcades to choose from in, in the city, but one of them is just right right near those shops as well. So if you're in that neighborhood, yep. that's, um, you know, a good place to stop in and uh, play some, uh, some arcade cabs. Um, so I guess we'll also talk about, uh, some other shops, uh, further north in the Midtown area is, uh, the Nintendo World Store. That is a must. <laughs> Definitely must see. So yeah, this is, this is a Nintendo operated retail store. They often have exclusive items that are not available anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's your favorite part of this store? Hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite, but I was... You know, I like the museum section. I have to say that's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. But my only complaint with that is that they don't really change it that often. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a museum. How much can it change? But it'd be nice if they do, like, you know, just change a couple of things around. like Bring in new items every Yeah, day. maybe. But that's definitely, like, it's a small area. But it did expand, I believe, from when they first opened. They did redesign it a bit. Yeah. So that's that's probably my favorite spot. It's a small store. It's not large at all. Yeah. And probably half of the store is filled with merchandise to buy, like shirts and mm-hmm. little collectibles. Um, There's a lot of demo kiosks. Yeah. Um, you get to play some new games before they come out. Mm-hmm. They have, like, a wall of, um, like, Nintendo art also. Right. Yeah. I mean, they always have um, any of their big games. They always have midnight launches for their games. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's other special events. Um, I think I, I always enjoy the, the array of like, uh, Game Boy, uh, yeah, advanced SPs. Cool? Uh-huh. They always have all the different special editions and limited colors and so on. So that's always a, a nice visit. Uh, and not too far from there is, uh, another store called JNL Game Trading. Which I've never been to until just this summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were previously located in Chinatown. They closed down their Chinatown location and moved into Midtown, which is uh, probably going to give them a lot more street traffic. Um, It looks like pretty much uh, the same type of offerings they had at the old location. So I'm pleased to see that they're still going and Mm -hmm. still offering a lot of stuff. Selection, yep. Um, They have a lot of import stuff. That's what mostly import and modern. Yeah, um, but they do go back a few gens to even, you know, early PlayStation and Saturn, Neo Geo. Yeah, I don't think anything before that. I didn't see. Um, not not really too much. 
I don't think so. Um, but all varieties of things. I mean, mm-hmm. things that you might not expect to see. Yep. So that's an absolute must now. They're um, located on 1026 Avenue of the Americas. Yeah, we'll or, post all these in the show Or 6th Avenue. <laughs> but yeah, they're... Um, now, what did you think of the store? You, you said you were there for the first time. I was impressed. Yeah, I wasn't expecting much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you just figure it was another hole-in-the-wall store kind right. of thing. But no, it was long. It was a very long store, all showcases, and they just had, like, tons of, of games. Uh, a lot of import stuff. So it was a lot of things that... I didn't know of, or I've never seen like in person before. It was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, definitely. If you're interested in any kind of uh, import games, import versions of consoles, yep. um, you know, even even custom controllers that have come out for various systems, they're a great source for that. I think the other place that's near there is a place called Book Off, mm. and this is pretty much a Japanese uh, used bookstore. But they have a lot of games, actually. They, Very deceiving. They do take in games as well, and they have a, a mix of both U.S. and um, uh, Japanese format games. So you'd be surprised to see, you know, many DS and PSP and, you know, uh, PS2 even, uh, PS3, uh, you know, pretty much all all gen systems um just on the shelf i mean a lot of it is going to require you know foreign language knowledge to be playable uh, but if that's your thing then it's definitely worth a look mm-hmm. i think yeah. um i don't think i picked up anything last time i was there but it was uh it was good to browse i'll probably go back there again soon just to see what's new okay um, so there were also some other arcades worth mentioning. In that area? Yeah. Uh, well, just in the city in okay. general. Um, there was the Two Bits Retro Arcade. And yes, I've still never been there. Yeah, so this is um, a place that I haven't been either. And uh, I do want to check it out, but <clears throat> in case someone else has well, the I opportunity to I think our, our friend, um, Old School NYC Gamer, yep. he did a whole video mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, so for sure... Did a uh, video walkthrough of the place. Looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Worth uh, taking a stop. Um, that's down on Essex Street. That's uh, a bit south. Okay. Um, also nearby is a, the reopened Chinatown Fair. Um, a little mm-hmm. more uh, family oriented than it was before, <laughs> but uh, you know they might have some redemption games now too. But um, yeah, still, still there. a fair amount of you know fighters and other types of games. So, um, you know, if you're looking just for another arcade, if you've already arcaded out on all the other locations and you want yet another place to check out. Is that out, the place that had the chicken, the live chicken? I don't know if oh, it's okay. a live chicken. <laughs> Is this just legend? Google Chinatown live chicken. <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> um, there's, there's actually another place that I wanted to mention that I haven't been to, but I noticed this while looking up uh, some of these addresses. Um, there's a place, um, if pinball is your thing, there's a place called Modern Pinball that has just opened up. Cool. Um, and that's over, um, on the east side, Midtown, uh, around 3rd Avenue. Um, looks like it's all pinball machines. Looks like it's a fairly, you know, decent sized space. I mean, I haven't been there yet, but it's definitely on my list of places to look. And, um, I know pinball is... You know, something that you probably like more than I do. Oh, it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. 
We'll see if this I place like uh, is to you know. To, I gotta head over there. I've never been there before. You know, so. lives up to your standards. <laughs> and I guess the other place that we do want to mention is um, you know if you've got the means to get over to uh, Clifton, New Jersey. Our good buddies in Clifton. Yep. Uh, definitely check them out. It's, if you're on the East Coast or in that area and you don't visit Digital Press video games, mm-hmm. you're crazy. Yeah, I mean, this obviously this store is excellent all around for any any generation of systems that you mm-hmm. want. Uh, they've got you covered. Fair prices. They're not eBay, you know. Yeah. They're not going to rip you off or anything. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So definitely... It's a bit, tri- a bit of a trip out, though, if you're going to take public transportation. Yeah, but definitely uh, there's options there. And uh, we covered the two barcades, right? Yep. There's two other barcades. There's one in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. Unfortunately, um, there are a lot of like mom and pop shops in Brooklyn, but it'd be way too many to list. And I've never been to like every single one of them, so I couldn't even comment enough about them. But a lot of them probably are not that much different than you can find like anywhere, maybe in your town. Mm-hmm. But I will post these links and you know addresses in case anyone wants to check it out. You could probably knock off all the Manhattan ones in, like a day. Yeah, just take a subway pass. Mm-hmm. So, with that, I suppose we'll get into some feedback, perhaps? Yeah, we had some feedback this week. I uh, So, we posed the question, what was the first video game you were disappointed with? Or most disappointed with. Right? You were most disappointed with, yeah. <laughs> or marginally disappointed. So, yeah, so, what was the first game you were most disappointed with? Mm-hmm. How did I say it? That's That's accurate. Oh, okay. <laughs> so our Facebook readers, our wonderful Facebook readers, had some replies. Uh-huh. Um, what was your first one? Um, we'll read out we'll read off a couple. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick browse. Because quickly I said for me, Excite Bike for the NES, um I, I I was very disappointed with that game. And I don't remember why I was disappointed so much, but I bought it at Toys R Us, I brought it home, I brought it back the next day. Hmm. Um it was the first video game I ever returned. Wow. And I, I don't Momentous know. Momentous occasion. Yeah. And, and uh, Double Dragon and WrestleMania for NES. Huh. Because uh, Double Dragon, because it wasn't anything remotely close to the arcade. And WrestleMania, because it didn't play or look like anything I imagined it was going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from, from Nintendo. I remember seeing it in Nintendo Power and EGM and stuff. And it was really bad. Hmm. Not, not a wrestling game at all. It's more of a fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> But I, what it, yeah. I, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, actually, well, Excite Bike, I've played, and I I never understood what the point of the game was. I never really got quite, uh, you know, like it's, it's was, a what, fun game. I like it, but it, I, from when I was like nine years old, for some reason, yeah, I don't know. I tried it out, and when I first played it, I thought, hmm, I'm really, really not really sure what I should be doing here. Should I be going fast? Should my am, am, am I going for distance? Am I trying to like just you know go over these bumps as slow as possible? I don't really know what I was doing, so I never really took to it. Hmm. But I guess, you know, that's probably why I didn't buy an NES. <laughs> that, and that reason alone. <laughs> that's it. That sunk it for me right there. I can understand, though. Um, well, let's see. I don't know. I've got one here. I've got one comment. Um, I guess uh, Michael left us a comment saying just simply Street Fighter Four, um, And he explained how, um, you know... He his uh, his son uh, beat the game with just one character, Zanjeev, um, and all he did was just like, 
you know, just did uh, uh, very basic moves and was able to, you know, the, the, AI, the AI wasn't anything special, the hit detection, or, you know, just no substance to it. But, I don't know, I guess my gripe with Street Fighter 4 was there were just too many of them. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, which version? That's what I always want to say. Street Fighter 4, which one? Yeah, I mean, I bought Street Fighter 4, and then before I knew it, Super was out. So I'm like, oh, all right, I guess I'll get Super. And uh, not too long after that, Arcade Edition came out, mm. and I'm like, oh, all right, there's a new one. I guess I'll just stick with the one I have. And then Ultra came out, and I'm like, okay, I, I see. Uh, Gotta keep waiting, man. Gotta get- I guess I'm not playing these games the same way other people are. <laughs> but um, this guy, Isn't there at one point they released, like, Final Edition? Yeah, when is, it, when is it really safe to buy this game? I, I don't know. really know. <laughs> I know it's coming for PS4 now, so... I actually own one, and I thought I owned, like, Street Fighter 4. I thought that I owned the one version of the game. Mm-hmm. I never knew there was so many of them, so this was kind of funny to learn this. Um, but as far as, like, his comment on the, on the on the how easy it is, yeah, I find that true with a lot of fighting games. Like, I, I remember I was talking about last week about playing Guilty Gear, mm-hmm. uh, Zerd, whatever that's called. And I played through the whole... I never played those games really in my life. And I went through the whole game on that whatever that training uh, option is mm-hmm. and i made it all the way to the last boss and i didn't die at all i don't know it just seems really easy and i don't know what i'm doing i'm just smashing buttons you know randomly yeah so i, I, I don't know if that's just like a, i'm sure there's like i'm sure you're supposed to play them with like other people and there's like a lot of depth to these games but as a one-player game they're not always the best mm-hmm. for fighting fighting games mm. Yeah, it depends. I mean, if you're if I you're good if you're good with the moves and can pull them off when you want, like if you have certain moves in mind that you say, well, all right, I see certain moves coming at me and I can counter them with certain other moves. If you can play them a certain way, then I guess they're more rewarding. Um, but if you're yeah, if you're just button mashing and hoping something cool happens, then <laughs> maybe there maybe the appeal is limited that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Well, we had uh, Robert Ferguson. From the Atari... 2600 Game by Game podcast, yep. also known as Ferg. Yeah. He uh, commented that Legacy of the Wizard on the NES. Mm-hmm. I had just finished The Legend of Zelda and wanted another game like that. Judging from the box, I picked up Legacy of the Wizard, which is not like Zelda. Which he is totally correct. And that was true for a lot of games back then. Um, I remember even picking up Faxanadu. Thinking like, oh, this is going to be the next Zelda, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Or, um, you know, Deadly Towers, or uh, what other games? Any game that I saw a screenshot that had, like, little pixel hearts, you know, for uh-huh. your life. <laughs> I thought, like, maybe it was Zelda, you know? And uh, Legacy of the Wizard, yeah, I would I would agree with that one. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did you ever play that? No. Uh. That's outside of my realm of experience. <laughs> And should you're, I add you're actually, a better person. I should, I should keep it off the list, right? Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's worth checking out. All right. I'll consider it. Um, I'm going to pick another one here. Uh, I see one from uh, Christy Ann, who mm-hmm. commented that Metroid Other M mm. was uh, a disappointing game. Now, I, I haven't played it, but I've heard just so many negative things about it that I've just avoided it, uh, even though... I've seen the game on clearance very recently for as little as $6. I still passed on it, thinking, yes, it's a Metroid game, but perhaps it's just a little bit too beyond what people want a Metroid game to be. Yeah, I I passed on that one, too, for similar reasons. It always felt like it was a Metroid game not from 
Metroid makers. Like it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was farmed it, out. It was, you could tell, like it seemed like a farmed out game, and it didn't feel like a real Metroid game. Mm-hmm. Just, just judging from like videos and things I've read about it, right. And there were some uh, issues regarding the the character of Samus in the game. Yeah, so. yeah, they did change her mm-hmm, yeah. for some reason. So I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out eventually, just to know what all the fuss is about. But yeah, I've avoided that one up to date. Um, did you have any I'll, others? I'll finish off with one more from Aaron Hickman of the Retro Obscura uh, website and podcast. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, responding to my original comment about Excitebike, I enjoyed Excitebike, but it does get old after a bit. And the lack of a save system was annoying, even though it does say save right in the game. <laughs> uh, he also mentioned NES Double Dragon was poorly programmed, but still enjoyable to a degree. Notice how much smoother the gameplay is in the fighting game mode. In the main mode, you can only fight two enemies at a time, and there were numerous glitches. Also, no simultaneous two-player in the main mode. Exactly. That's they yeah. call it Double Dragon for right. a reason. <laughs> that is that is surprising. What? Uh, he says what my, went wrong. I, I don't know. Trade West, I think, made that too. Hmm. My biggest disappointment as a kid was Heart of the Alien for Sega CD. While it was cool that it came with Out of This World or Another World, it was just inferior in almost every way. Except with a few cutscenes, and even the original creator didn't have anything to do with it. It was That's a true. cheap ending, too. Yeah, the, it was uh, farmed out to another um, developer. Mm. And he says, speaking of cinematic performers, platformers, I was also disappointed in Fade to Black, the 3D sequel to Flashback. Bad controls, terrible camera, subpar graphics. It feels like nothing like a cinematic game. Yeah, I was always intimidated by those games. I always thought, like, boy, I gotta really do everything perfectly right. Otherwise, I'm just gonna be repeating my actions uh, well, over and over again. That's true. Fate to Black was a little different, though, because it was more of like a 3D shooter. Mm-hmm. So they kind of branched out. It was more like um, like flashback is a little less like Another World. Uh huh. No, not so much based on timing. But I actually played through Fate to Black. I don't know if you ever played that on PlayStation One. Mm-hmm. It is rough. It's a rough game. Um, it grew on me. I started to like it after a while. Um, but yeah, it's, I can see why people don't like that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also finishes up with uh, Golden Axe 1 on the Sega CD 4-pack collection. It was pretty much the Genesis version, but they cut out the two-player mode, which was half the fun. I never understood it either. That was a big disappointment, too. <laughs> like, why? They just included, like, the original ROMs. Like, why did they leave out two-player mode in Golden Axe? That made it's no gotta sense. be an explanation. That, that's a good question to ask, like, Tom Kalinske or something. <laughs> I want to go to the top on this one. Uh, <laughs> you can kick the doors in and say, yeah. where's my answer? Bizarre. Very bizarre. Oh, man. Well, luckily, uh, we got a lot more responses on this question. So thanks for the feedback. We do appreciate everybody writing in and read them all. Yep. Um, so we'll be sure to um, pose further questions to people that would kindly provide us with answers. <laughs> Because we always are seeking answers. <laughs> so we'll probably uh, wind things down here, I guess. Yeah, we'll leave on a... Should we leave on a somber note? We'll, um, we'll see. We'll see. We, 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 we would want to mention this. Right. That uh, a good member of our gaming world has left us. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Bear, the we could say the father of video games. Definitely the father of uh, home gaming... And game consoles. He created the Odyssey, which was, you know, the Magnavox Odyssey, the very first home game console. 
Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, he created the prototype that the Odyssey was based on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, basically they, you know, were looking for someone to maybe license the technology and Magnavox took them up on it. Yeah. He took his, they took his brown box idea. So mm-hmm. he basically built, this is before like video games were even a thing. He had a TV and he says, let me, I want to see like games on this TV. Like before games were even like a thing you thought of. Right. And you know, he, he had a, he was one of those tinker guys who would just have like a great pile inventor. of great inventor. Yeah. He did just a lot of different things. Put together this electronics he made, you know, a thing that he could hook up to his TV, and that's it. Yeah, and this came out in 1972, before Insane. Insane. a lot of this stuff ever happened. Yep. And it was because of that game that, that Atari created Pong, the arcade game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the rest, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Took off from there. Um, you know, 350,000 sold by 1974. That's a pretty good run. That is huge for that year. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine that, yeah. Um, and some of his other notable creations were the tabletop game uh, uh, from Milton Bradley, Simon. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Created that. Very cool. In 1978. I did not know that. Huh. Um, created Maniac for Ideal. Um, Computer Perfection from Lakeside. Mm, Lakeside, I remember which, that. Which... I mean, that, that iconic sort of half-dome design, <laughs> I always really uh, love the look of that, mm-hmm. that, particular, uh, that particular game. Um, he even did a mask toy for Kenner. What? Yeah. Get out of here. Laser Command. No way. He was responsible for the technology in that toy. With Laser Command. <laughs> I thought you would know. I don't know. <laughs> I do know my mask stuff, but <laughs> what is Laser Command? I'm going to have to Google this now well, as we're talking. You see, Did you, you learn, do your research? I didn't. You learn these things as we go. Who said this podcast wasn't educational? Uh, I probably did. <laughs> even, even, <laughs> even to each other. Laser Command. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it is? Uh, it looked like uh, some type of a uh, vehicle, perhaps oh, like a tank, sort cool. of. Cool. Hey, you know what? I might have owned this. No, I didn't own this one. Oh, I see. Kind so it's electronic run? based. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you had uh, two vehicles, and when you shot the like the you had like this. I don't know what this vehicle was. It was like a box. It looks like. Mm-hmm. And you shoot the truck. The truck explodes, like it, it blows up into pieces mm-hmm. using like infrared, I guess. Probably. So that was his invention. Ralph Bear, it's on his website. Very cool. Cool. I did not know that. That's my world has been enriched. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll remember Mr. Bear, of course. Yes. Yes. Um, but I guess, um, as always, we'll um, be back next time. Yeah. Uh, so. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. It'll be in a few days. And, and enjoy. Have a safe holiday, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. All right, bye.